Reading our Bibles regularly can be a challenge, but we're all on this journey together. We're praying that this podcast inspires you, helps you better understand God's Word, and builds your faith. This is Join the Journey with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. I am in the podcast studio with today's Devo writer, Mr. George Dalton. Hello, Emma. Glad to be here. George, we go way back. (laughs) George and I met one fateful Sunday morning when I was pulling a cart of hundreds of Join the Journey journals across the town center. And I said, George, could you please watch these so I can go to the bathroom? (laughs) And he helped set up all those books and was just a faithful servant of Christ in a low moment for me. So, George, I'm glad to have you on the podcast. Absolutely. Glad to be here. And I would love to know, and I'm sure all of the listeners would love to know, how you came to know the Lord, how how God has worked in your heart. I grew up in a Christian home. After graduating from college, I started a 30-year stint where I was mad at God. Hmm. I went to the right college. Like like what society would tell you was the right college? Texas A&M. You know. Oh, yeah. Gig them. You did go to the right college. <laughs> I did. I got the right degree. I married the right girl. And so, therefore, I was mad that God did not give me the career that I thought I deserved. Hmm. So I had to slug my way through sales. And uh, t- 2001, I decided to start my own business. Okay. I started that business with the premise of providing for my family, but in reality, it was to build my empire. Hmm. 2009, my wife, Lisa, sat me down and said, if I didn't stop doing what I was doing, she would leave me. Hmm. That rocked my world. Um, And I knew that God was speaking through her voice that if I did not surrender to him right now, that I would lose the most important thing to me on this earth. And that was her. So I went to my knees that night for the first time in my life, and I surrendered everything to him. Wow. Immediately, I— Because uh, you'd known—you grew up in a Christian home, so you knew truth. I did. You just hadn't surrendered. No, I, I knew who he was. Uh, he was my Savior. Okay. But he wasn't my Lord yet. Hmm. And so when I gave it all to him, I then started pursuing him with everything I had. He uh, developed the hunger and the thirst for the Word, and uh, Lisa and I started pursuing Christ together— for the first time as a couple, and uh, that uh, changed uh, the way we looked uh, at things. It changed my desires. It changed my wants. It changed our marriage. Mm -hmm. And then as a result of those changes, we saw a change in our family. We saw a change in our kids. We we, we changed churches. Uh, We we changed communities. And uh, so, as I said, Jesus then became my Lord and has been ever since— yeah, you said something I, I think really profound, but very Christian language. He was my Savior, but he wasn't my Lord. I think what you mean by that is you'd made a profession of faith. You believed that Jesus had died on the cross, rose again, taking the punishment you deserved, uh, but you hadn't made him the boss of your life. That he, is correct. He wasn't um, directing your motives, your ambitions, your decisions. That, that is correct. Okay, and so at that moment— that's when everything changed. You surrendered and and you started walking with him. I did, and that again, it just changed our outlook. It changed everything, and and it just you know we now we are on fire for God, and and, it, and our kids are on fire for God, and 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 we're just we're just we're glad to be here. I love it. Well, we're here today in John eighteen, and George, I'd love to hear what what sticks out to you about this passage. 
Well, first, this passage was important to me because uh, my dad and I have a special bond over this passage because of Peter's tri- trial in the garden. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, the, the, the John does a great job of writing the strength of Christ and the weakness of Peter in the same story. Hmm. Um, just picture this. Uh, 600 soldiers come walking in the garden to get Jesus. They got their torches. They got their their swords. And uh, and it's loud and it's clamoring. And, 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 and all of a sudden, they ask Jesus... Who who you are, he answers, I am he, and they fall on the ground. And yeah. so my, every time I think of that now, I think of, of uh, T.A. falling on the stage. <laughs> yeah, talking about God's holiness. <laughs> and he so throw himself down. Yeah. So anyway, so now they're trying to get up and, 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 and trying to figure out what's happened here. And all of a sudden, there's a flash of a sword cutting off Malchus's ear. Mm. And I can eva- imagine how everything got deathly quiet when Jesus started putting the ear back together and how embarrassed Peter would have been. And so, therefore, um, my dad and I, through my life, every time we do anything that's extremely embarrassing to either one of us, we call it a Peter scene. A Peter scene. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I love, I love yeah. that. Primarily what sticks out to me in this passage is, is the strength of Christ. Mm. Um, I, uh, I have seen his strength. I have experienced his strength. But I've also seen where I've tried to operate uh, with, on my own. And I've seen the chaos that that creates. And uh, so, basically, this, the scripture that, uh, that comes back to mind to me is 1 Peter 4, 1. that says, Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking, for whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Therefore, in my mind, we need to expect suffering, endure suffering, and embrace suffering for him. It's good. Which we can only do how? It can only be accomplished through the power of the Holy Spirit. So good. So how do you, George— live differently in light of that truth? Again, it's like I said, I've experienced his power. Mm. And um, I've seen it displayed in various trials. And primarily, I've also seen it just badly, badly displayed whenever I try to use my own flesh to solve a problem. And it, it, typically, I get amped up pretty quick. I get angry pretty quick. And my anger spews into the situation. It makes, it makes an explosive situation worse. Mm. And so operating on Jesus' strength and his power calms the situation down where everybody benefits. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's great. That's surrender. Um, I really like what, what you wrote here uh, in your notes. I'm going to read it. You guys listening can't see this, but in his notes for this episode, George wrote, when I'm headed into a situation that I feel could potentially be bad, I pray for his strength and depend on that strength to guide me through. When we think about bad situations, you know, there are different scenarios all over the map of that spectrum as to what we think potentially bad could be. And I know you, as you wrote this Devo, your community group experienced something very, very bad and and just world-shattering. Tell us about that. What was going on at the time you wrote the Devo for today's passage? I wrote the Devo uh, because I've always been impressed with the power of Christ and and then I went to bed that night to let this marinate overnight before I submitted it. And that evening, I was awoke by Lisa to tell me that one of our community member couples had lost their grandson. Mm. This perfectly healthy two-year-old boy on Sunday uh, died to go to be with the Lord on Friday. And, and I got to see their strength and God's grace and love for this family uh, from the front row seat for the last year. 
Um, that next morning, before I submitted this Devo, I reread it and said, do I still believe it? And in light of what I just heard, in light of what I just experienced, and I did. Wow. And so I, 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 I would want, didn't change one word, didn't change, didn't hesitate. I submitted it as was. So you write this Devo. You know it's due. you got to turn it in. You, you're going to sleep on it. You, you go to bed that night thinking, okay, I'll, you know, check my work in the morning, turn it in. But you wake up, and the first thing you do it, or hear isn't rereading the words you wrote back to yourself. It's your wife saying, we've got some horrible news. And so when you go to read your Devo, I, I, I just find it so profound that the question on your heart wasn't, did I miss anything or did I say this perfectly? But you were... You were checking your heart. Is this, do I, do I still think this is true in, in light of my circumstance? And George, I think that's such a grounding truth for everyone listening because uh, it's like Blake, our, our lead pastor, always says, you can't, you can't determine your theology on the, in, in the children's hospital. Um, and, and you were ready that no matter what came, no matter what tragedy struck, you were grounded in truth. And I, and I think that's a, an encouragement for all of us. But you don't get there overnight. No. And so how do you think, how has the Lord worked in your heart to bring you to a place where you can watch your, your dear friend's grandchild unexpectedly pass away and still cling to the hope we have in Christ? Well, I give a lot of credit to that, to uh, obviously my wife, but also God changing my heart and and, make, and hung, making me hungry for the Word, and also my community group. Mm. Uh, I got an amazing community group, and uh, we have been together all of our time at Watermark. We've been here 11 years, and they've they, we've been together the whole time. And uh, so we've developed a bond that has encouraged each one of us to grow deeper in the Lord, and, uh, and it has challenged us. And yeah. uh, so those combinations uh, is what has grown me to believe his word and to believe uh, the people around me. It's amazing. So tie this story that you, you personally have experienced back to John 18. I'm, I'm guessing you see Jesus in the face of all of this opposition. I mean, all these soldiers have come for him and he's calm. He trusts God. Is that is that the model that you're picking up on from today's passage? Well, it yes, but it, it starts the, the chapter before when he's mm. praying, God, I don't want to do this. Yeah, but it but it's your will, and so it's like you said earlier in terms of um, making the decision before you get to the seventh floor. Mm-hmm. Jesus wrestled with God that night in prayer, and then finally got up from his prayer and said, "Okay." Now I'm now now we're settled this. Now it's God's it's it's God's play, and so the rest of the story is him just walking that story because he's already made the decision to go, and so I think that that's the the truth that we need to walk on is the fact that we make the decision we're going to follow Christ, period, and there's no contention contention on that, and so we're we're therefore whenever something happens we're going to continue to follow we're going to continue to trust, and uh, that's what's going to give us the strength to go to the next day. It's awesome, George. Man, I wish we could keep talking, but we are out of time. Um, so, George, thank you for being here. Thank, thank you. you for sharing, encouraging, challenging us. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. 
The Join the Journey podcast is produced by Watermark Community Church in Dallas, Texas. You can learn more about Watermark by connecting with us on social media. Just search Watermark Church, all one word. And to read along with us, visit jointhejourney.com. And thank you guys for listening.